Hi, this is Elizabeth Gillis at Successful Student Transitions, a Time to Thrive podcast. And welcome to the fourth episode of our new eight-part series for parents and families about family change at university transition. In the last episode, we discussed your experience of the empty space, perhaps a quieter house, a change in and for other family members. It can be a time of mixed emotions, of changing roles and of adjustments. And as Louise mentioned, you are re-familying and it can be an important time to take care of yourself. We hope the five tips we shared are supporting. And today we're fortunate to talk with an expert, Elaine Halligan of The Parenting Practice. And before we start on this new episode, we would like and appreciate your help. Please share with others if you think they'd benefit from listening, follow and subscribe on the podcast app of your choice. Please like and leave a review. It would be great to hear from you. And now on to the episode. So we're pleased today to welcome Elaine Halligan and Elaine's a mother, a parenting coach, speaker, author. She's a director of the parent practice, which is based in London, and it has a great website with lots of resources. So please check it out. She talks, she runs classes. She's asked to be in a podcast as she is like today. And she's at her heart. She is really you know, supporting parents at different stages of their journey to be a parent. And today we wanted to discuss with Elaine about that preparation for going to university, how to parent, you know, this young adult. So welcome, Elaine. Oh, thank you very much for the introduction. And I would say, despite everything I do, the most important qualification for doing this job is that I'm a mum and I'm a mum to two young adults aged 28 and 24 who have both boomeranged back home (laughs) so i've experienced (laughs) the whole picture and back again (laughs) well i'm sure we're going to get lots of wisdom and and experience from you today and i think i think being a being a parent and having gone through it to share things with other parents is is a is great credentials so uh, the first thing i'm going to ask you is elaine is about you know before this transition to university how should be parents be kind of preparing for this this transition? How should they be preparing their young adult? That's a really good question. And I think you, you have to start earlier than you believe yeah. because you have to start employing strategies in the early years with a focus on the future and figure out what your role is as a parent. And I think many parents get a bit confused about this because it's not that your child suddenly starts adulting. The reality is the role of preparing for adulthood starts really very early on. In, in, in Even in primary school years, I my message to parents is your role is to prepare for separation. Yeah. I know that sounds so harsh when I'm coaching or teaching parents who have primary school children. But, you know, the reality is your role is to help your children get into adulthood and be able to fly, to spread their wings, to be competent, to be independent, to be self-reliant young people. And unfortunately, in my experience, many parents kind of don't don't focus on that role soon enough. So I can't stress that the reality is that you have to start preparing your children way ahead of time. 
And and that means giving them chores to do around the house, giving them independence. And it starts early, you know, as they transition from primary to secondary school. Get them with supervision, you know, doing that transport and travel training. So there's lots that you can be doing. You know, I know that word chores and I tend to talk about family contributions. Oh, I love that. Much better, much better idea than chores. Because it's about them being part of a social group and, and playing their part. Can you give us some ideas about what those contributions might look like to kind of get them in, to prepare them for, for this big transition coming up? Absolutely. So I think one of the best things you can do is get your children in the kitchen. (laughs) One of the biggest issues for students going off to university is can they feed themselves nutritiously? Do they know how to prepare a meal on a budget? Mm -hmm. So, So a couple of things is definitely get them involved in the kitchen. I remember being an early adopter with my children of the HelloFresh boxes or whatever they were called. And it was about 15 years ago I got them involved in these pre-packed menu boxes. But interestingly, it was that that got them into the kitchen, enjoying food, preparing food. And now, oh gosh, I'm really upset to say they're better cooks than I am. Um, but if you, <laughs> but you prepared the way for that happening. <laughs> but I prepared. So, you know, be careful. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. The other thing I remember doing is at the early age of, I think, six and nine, Mm -hmm. um, my children both flew from London to Scotland. Um, They called it unaccompanied at the time, which was what British Airways as a service offered. And I remember my two children coming back on this unaccompanied flight from Scotland. And it was like, oh, my goodness, the seed of the adventurer has been born. And I never stopped my children since from traveling the world at a very early age. And, you know, be careful what you wish for. All my life, I've focused on independence and self-reliance. And now I have children who are incredibly uh, self-reliant. But that started earlier than maybe you would have expected. Because I do think that some people tend just to be thinking about university, like that. those terms before they go, and it's too late, isn't it, Lillian? So I I love that. I love, there you are, you're making your independent kids when they're six and nine. So, I mean, the message to parents is start early, isn't it? It is. And I, and I think historically, we, we have to have a shift in mindset here. Because I think historically, you know, the moving out of home post-school was a very linear experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you go into further education, not for all children. Um, you then move into the workplace and then, you know, s- set up a new home. And that trend is completely reversing now with the boomerang generation. Mm-hmm. There was an interesting piece of research, if I recall, from Loughborough University. And it said that the child-free 20 to 34-year-olds living with their parents now has gone up by 55%. So it's a really interesting statistic here that your children may well leave home and they also may boomerang back. But I see a real positive in that because I just see it as a almost like an unexpected opportunity to just further deepen my relationship with my children because it's more complex now than I think it's ever been. It's a real emotional roller coaster. And I think that moving back and forward, I'm going to talk a little bit about that as well, because I think different skills, a different skill and mindsets needed for that too. But can I just go back to that bit about when young people are young adults are going off to university we know they don't all do but the the subject of the series is 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 that is that transition what do you think there's challenges for parents at that stage when when their children are leaving or have left 
It's a good question, and I think it varies depending on your mindset. But my experience is that most parents have a feeling of loneliness. Yeah. And actually, almost grief. Yeah. Um, Look, it's not a clinical condition, Mm. but I absolutely accept it can be a really challenging transition if you have for many years been that primary caregiver and maybe you've given up your own profession to look after the children so i think your way that parents are affected very much is dependent on their role within the family it very much depends on the makeup of the family but all i would say to people listening is that um, it varies for everyone and it can be a real emotional roller coaster of emotions mm-hmm. from kind of excitement of yes suddenly I've got my home back to myself and for me it was like there's no more smelly sports kit (laughs) in the middle of the hallway it's the fridge and it's no longer looted on a regular basis yeah but I found felt a sense of loss because I had a constant stream of teenagers coming through the door Mm. and I really enjoyed that Mm. so although you may relish initially the peacefulness actually don't be surprised if you kind of encounter almost like a grief cycle. Yeah. And I would say it's so normal to feel a sense of loss, maybe even worry. And, and some people are even sad. Mm-hmm. I think it's worse for the single parent. Mm-hmm. I think there's a deeper sense of loss. Yeah. There can be for some parents some sort of anxiety if they don't now know quite what to do with their time. Yeah. I've had some parents report to me even feeling a little depressed at mm-hmm. the sense of loneliness. Mm-hmm. But equally, the, the, the kind of opposite side of that is many parents may feel just this huge sense of pride <laughs> that, you know, okay, I've done it. I've done it. My job isn't complete because our job is never complete. Oh. But my child's independent. And actually, I am happy to send them off as a competent young adult. Mm-hmm. And for me, it wasn't sending my son off to university. He decided age 17 to do... um a rally, actually, from London to Mongolia called the <laughs> Mongol Rally. Ooh. And you drive in a in an old battered car 18,500 kilometres from London to the other side of the world. And my anxiety just went through the roof as I thought, how is he going to survive? So for me, I wasn't sending him off to uni, but I sent him off on a big three-month adventure. And yeah, I definitely went through what I would call emotional roller coaster. Uh, yeah, of emotions. And and yet at the same time, though, Elaine, he was travelling independently up to Scotland. And Which you know, is what I, exactly, it's what I, but, but it sounds like, you know, I wonder, I, I don't know, it's a wondering, that I wonder if your anxiety was not so strong because you knew he could do those things already. I think it was a mixture and I think I vacillated each day, but the idea of him being stuck in a desert in a, in a car that wasn't meant to travel across desert land. The only, <laughs> I said to him, the only way I'm going to let you do this is if you hire a satellite telephone. Um, right. we, ne- we never use the telephone. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's one, one more thing I just want to mention though, which is um, a really important point. When your children do leave home, there's a, an extraordinary focus on the couple's relationship. Yeah. And I think in some cases, when couples find they have more time to focus on themselves, it, it can be a very positive thing, but it can also be this harsh realization that maybe the relationship has run its course. Mm. And so it's not unusual when children leave home to go to university 
that the couple's relationship really comes under the spotlight. So there are emotions and I would say practical issues coming at you from all sides. Yeah. So this transition for the young person going off to university, this young adult, isn't just about their transition. It's about all these other transitions in the family. It's a, a family transition, isn't it, too? Yeah. Completely. And I think it really um, helps if you kind of reframe, you know, those beliefs and thoughts about what it is to be a parent. Mm-hmm. And from the moment they're born, as I said, they're learning to separate from us. So, you know, you and your partner no longer need to parent daily. So you have got to find that balance in your life. And you've got to be content in, in, in other areas of your lives. Mm-hmm. Because when you're an empty nest, there is more time on your hands. And, and the danger is, if you're a working parent, is that you become work obsessed. Yeah. And suddenly that work is your kind of newfound sense of purpose. And so finding, I think, that work-life balance, I think that's, that is that is a real conundrum for many working parents. And that phrase, Elaine, emptiness, that we all talk about, it, and I felt it too, I really did, um, it, it, it does predict, like, loss, doesn't it? But there should be another words. I don't know what they are. I don't know what they are yet, but I'm thinking about there should be, it can be an emptiness. Just like in any transition, there's nervousness and loss. There's also excitement. There's a new things. There's things to explore. So as well as empty nest, it could be something else. I don't know. We need to think about it. Gosh, that's a really good point, isn't it? Maybe mm. maybe we just talk about it as a, um, a an opportunity, a life cycle change. Yeah. And I certainly think we need to embrace it. Uh-huh. And my message to most parents is enjoy the freedom. Yes. <laughs> because, you know, you have now got this wonderful uh, period of time where you can focus mm. on, on what you're going to do. And mm. and maybe it's about exploring the unexpected and just finding that joy that may have been lost in your kind of, yeah, yeah. In those early years when we are just full on parenting. And how important that is for your young adult too, isn't it? For them to see, I mean, they'll likely know you're a bit miserable and a bit sad, but how important for them to see that you're getting on with your life too, and you're not kind of waiting at the door for them to come back every moment, um, for them to see that you, you can get on with stuff as well and are happy for their change and happy for yours. So I have a phrase that I use at the parenting practice, uh, parent practice, which is 80% of parenting is modeling. Yeah. And you really have to model to your children what you are doing with this new opportunity. Mm -hmm. So if you, you know, one of my remits is that we do live with our cup half full in the Halligan family. We are optimists. We do see the bright side of things. And I would be talking to my children about how I'm going to invest in myself now, (laughs) imagining myself as a, I don't know, a stock portfolio and start understanding the value. And for me, it was about just taking up new hobbies, maybe going on a longer holiday to explore a country that had always been on my wish list, maybe having some date nights with your partner and maybe taking up a new sport. Um, So actually... It's incredibly exciting if you change your mindset, yeah. and reframe what this new opportunity looks like. When you said that word investing, I kind of thought of, I'm still on my on the nest metaphor, but I thought of my, you know, a nest egg. Oh. 
something oh, like okay that. so no i mean investing in yourself emotionally yeah but i think yeah. i think that's true i think we can you know the nest can be empty but it also can be full as well we can invest you know we can make this nest full of stuff rather than empty yeah oh maybe it's the full nest there yeah. you go maybe you've got your term <laughs> maybe I, maybe i'm exploring it then so the other thing we were talking a bit about elaine was about when these you know our young adults maybe that they come home for that first time at Christmas or they're coming back and forward in summer or reading weeks or whatever it might be. And also they might, like you said, be those boomerang um, adults that come back and move back in again. I mean, how, what kind of, what kind of things were you, are you thinking about or advice would you give about that movement back and forward? Because it can be quite unsettling, especially if you've got your life sorted out. Well, I'm doing this now and I'm doing that now. And then, there's a kind of, well, I'm back now for you to look after me or something. <laughs> top tip? Yes, top tip. Top tip, get your kids doing their own laundry. Yes. <laughs> and I really mean that. Um, yeah, if they boomerang back, um, whether as adults or whether as university students, really important that you're clear about your own routine, structure and boundaries. Mm. And I think when my kids boomerang back, what was really clear was, you know, I would not do the laundry and the laundry room is open for them um, to do it. But it's about working as a team. And we all have our kind of strengths and our weaknesses. Yeah. My children are better at cooking than me. So they often take over the kitchen. But I will do the preparation and do the shopping. Um, my son's brilliant at looking after cars, so he he will do the you know the the, the washing and, and ensure the car MOT and services are done. So it's about knowing where your zones of genius lie. Definitely mm -hmm. allocating tasks, but please do not resort to being in that role of doing everything for your children. Yeah. Your job is to raise competent, confident young adults, mm -hmm. and competence breeds confidence. So yeah. the more they can do things for themselves, the better. But my message is you are working as a team. And it's, you know, as you say, you're not household chores. What did you call them? Contributions. Contributions. Yeah. Everyone needs to contribute to the house. And it may be that you need to make that clear right at the outset what your expectations are. Because if you have unrealistic expectations, there are resentments waiting to happen. Yeah, and that's when it all kicks off and relationship quality declines. So be open, be transparent, be very clear on what the rules and the routine and structure is. And so likely there's some renegotiation re about you're back home. This is what I expect you to do or, you know, just just to make it really clear. Oh, I, I think, think so. Think, yes, yeah. I really think so. Otherwise, we, we'll have these expectations that just won't be met. Mm. So it's just a quick family meeting around the table. Yeah, yeah. This is the deal. What do you think? What can mm. you contribute to? Mm. And I promise when communication is that open and transparent, there are a few issues and arguments. Yeah. Elaine, it's been lovely and it just flows from you. I can see that, you know, this is part and parcel of what you're doing in every day, you know, in your work and in your life too. Any kind of words of wisdom, kind of last question, any kind of words of wisdom that you think, I mean, you've already said some really important things that maybe you wish you'd known or that that's important that for parents that you haven't mentioned already? Possibly the, just to mention communication, because at the heart of my work is all about relationship quality. Mm -hmm. And relationship quality is all about how you connect and how you communicate. Mm -hmm. So I would say, 
as your children leave the family home, you need just to figure out the frequency that you're going to contact them, maybe the method of how you're going to contact them. Um, and you may want to start that earlier if that's a weakness, because, you know, you could text them on a more regular basis. And it's all about making that loving connection. And I would practice it now before your children leave if you're not in the habit of doing that. Mm -hmm. Your children, hopefully, will come to you um, and talk to you. And that kind of communication is all about making the time, making the effort. And for some of us, having good routines and rituals about frequency and method of contact. And, and I think that can go wrong if we haven't established that before they leave. Yeah. But I think my final message is please, please embrace this life cycle change. Embrace it, enjoy the freedom, and just manage it in baby steps, munchable chunks. You don't have to become a new person overnight, but as new habits start to form, I think you'll find the joy. Do you know what? I think that's the most perfect place to leave it today. Elaine, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing those tips. And look out, I'd go and search Elaine Halligan at The Parent Practice. There's some lots of really good things on our website, good resources, very good kind of common sense things to do as a parent. Thank you again, Elaine. Thanks for the chat. Bye for now. Bye. What a great conversation. I've certainly taken away a few ahas from that conversation myself as a parent. Now, if you would like to learn more about Elaine and her work, then go to her website, theparentpractice.com. And if you'd like to listen to the previous episodes in this series, there are three. Episode 38, Five Tips for Parents as your kids move on to uni. Episode 40, Five Tips for Managing the Panic Calls. And episode 42, Five Tips for Coping with the Empty Space. So we'll be back next week. Meanwhile, have a great week. Bye-bye for now. And now for the legal bits. The information contained in this podcast is for information purposes only. The content is not intended to act as a substitute for professional advice. Please do not delay in seeking professional help for any medical or mental health condition. Use of the information on this podcast, associated materials, is at the user's own risk. <laughs>